Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Student of the Game podcast. This is going to be a uh, special episode. Number one, I want to forewarn you guys. I just completed a challenge uh, where in the last 48 hours, I've run 48 miles. I am more dehydrated than I've ever been in quite a long time. So words may not come to me as quickly and as easily as they normally do. So I'll prepare you for that. Uh, the second thing I'll prepare you guys for um, is I didn't do my hair. So my beard's probably a little all over the place. And lastly, uh, we decided to do this one outside. So you may hear the amazing sounds of downtown Dallas. Uh, a lot of cops, a lot of ambulances, a lot of guys revving their uh, their VTEC uh, Honda Civics. So kind of look out for that. But I wanted to um, talk about this challenge, um, why I did it, and what I learned from it most importantly. You know, the challenge itself is called the 4448. Um, and it's a challenge operated and, and founded by uh, David Goggins. And for those of you guys who know uh, who Goggins is, you, you, you know how difficult the challenge would be just off of his name. Um, David Goggins is, you know, a best-selling author of Can't Hurt Me. Um, and is quite frankly one of, if not the hardest dudes on planet Earth, or to ever walk planet Earth. Um, the challenge itself is you have to run four miles every four hours for 48 hours straight. So to put that in simple terms, you have four hours to run that, then take into account the remainder of your time for sleeping, eating, resting, rejuvenation before the next leg, as we call it. I wanted to do this because the last 12 to 24 months of my life, I've been on a journey for growth, trying to grow in places where um, I lack to get better at things that I'm afraid of, to try and better myself and to, you know, continuously prosper and become who I'm going to one day be. Um, this was tough, man. I've done a lot of things, you know, that are challenging. I pride myself in challenges. I pride myself in the ability to overcome challenges. Um, this is one of those challenges where I felt going into it, um, I wasn't ready for it. And I learned a lot, a lot of lessons that were really hard to filter in the mix of it, hard to articulate, you know, through my social media as I was doing it. And I wanted to take an opportunity to talk about it. Why I did this, was very honest. I am not a runner. I hate running. I've never been a runner. You know, quite frankly, just to be honest, up until the last 90 days, I hadn't run 48 miles in an entire year, entire 12 months, let alone in 48 hours. Um, you know, I, I want to be very candid before I dive into anything. It is extremely difficult, and I am in excruciating pain. Um, but I want to talk about what I got out of this. And outside of Goggins's book, which talks about his journey and how he overcame adversity and the lessons he learned about human capability, another book that I believe I can attribute a lot of my success in this challenge to is, you know, Execution um, by Larry Bosdy. Uh, it's the discipline of getting things done. You know, going into this, I took it very, very, very serious. You know, very shortly after this, I'm going to post, you know, my self-congratulations. And, you know, the, the tag of this challenge for me personally is two words, and I don't want it to come off arrogant, so I want to explain it. And the words are, I'm him. And I had to remind myself that I'm him. And when I say that, I don't want you to think I'm comparing myself to anyone else. 
When I say I'm him, I'm not saying I'm any better than anyone or any worse. It's an answer to a question that I constantly ask myself and a question that I was asking myself throughout these 12 legs of four miles. And that question is, are you who you claim to be? When you are tested, the person that you are claiming to be, as good as you say you are, as great as the things that you pride yourself in, in life, you're going to be tested. You know, adversity is going to come. Challenges are going to come. Things are going to come up. And at the end of the day, are you going to be the person you claim you are? And this was a challenge that I signed up for, one, because I hate I absolutely am afraid of running. I've never liked running. It sucks, man. It's the worst thing ever. Um, but number two, I wanted to ask a question and prove to myself, I don't really care about anybody else, to be honest, but to myself that I could execute, that I could get this done, that I could overcome odds in what is something that I'm not good at. And the gratification of that, man, it it overcomes and subdues all of the physical pain that I'm in right now. So I want to talk about how I survived it, how I prepared for it, and then lastly I'll sum up with the lessons that I, I grasped from it. You know, going into this, I, I proclaimed this challenge. I talked to some great people about it, and I took it serious. You know, I went into this um, with a commitment that I was going to treat it like a mission. It, it wasn't going to be just something I did for these 48 hours. It was a mission that I was on. And every resource, every bit of energy, my livelihood was going to be centered around succeeding in this. I said going into it to some good friends of mine, and I meant it. I was prepared to die in that street. You know, early on, I, I knew how bad I wanted it. And I believe anytime you tackle something, a mountain in your life, something that you know is going to be very, very tough. You have to first expect it to be far worse than it is. You know, that's that's the first thing you do when you get to the mountain. Don't underestimate it. Quite frankly, overestimate how tough it's going to be. And I believe if you go into challenges with a notion that it's going to be a lot worse than it is, and then you back that up with preparation for that, you'll be able to overcome it. Before starting it, I, I literally, in my mind, envisioned having to crawl in the street of downtown Dallas. And I know that sounds crazy, but that was how committed I was. I mean, if I, if I physically could not walk or run or jog, I was genuinely willing to crawl. I was genuinely willing to go out and, and, and give every fiber of my being. And, I was, and, and, and one of two outcomes was going to come going into this, and it sounds very cliche, but I mean it. I was either going to complete this challenge or I was going to wake up in a hospital because some guy walked past me in the middle of the street and I had passed out. That was my level of commitment. There, there, quitting was not an option. And one of the lessons that I've learned from this is a lot of the cliche things that you hear throughout life, you know, things are cliche because they've been true so many times. You know, I had talked to a lot of friends who are runners. I've got a great friend named Sam. I've talked about him on a previous episode, the, the guy who killed me in golf. And he's a runner. You know, he's in great shape. You know, he's got running body, right? Very little muscle mass. He's probably 160 pounds wet at like 5'12", five, 5'11", five five sorry. Um, 
And he's like, Kev, you're gonna you're gonna have a moment of of runner's high where you you know you don't really your lungs feel good, your legs feel good, and you're just running. And I was like, I've never I've never had that. I don't think I'm gonna experience that. I've never I don't know what you're talking about, dude. I had that. So going into it, I'll give you guys some of the preparations that I did. I broke it down to four components you had to be ready for them. Nutrition, hydration, sleep, sleep deprivation, we'll call it, and the, the mental psyche you had to go into this with. So from a nutritional standpoint, I knew I wasn't going to be able to take in too many solid foods because of how, how much calories you're burning, how much you're running. And I think any athlete knows when you start to exert yourself at a pretty high level, um, food will bog you down. And, you know, when you start to run at a high level, you'll start to get your ab cramps. And food will put you in a position to where you may throw up. You know, I know a lot of people who did this challenge and threw up. Um, so food was something I was, I was very, very keen on trying not to be reliant of. So going into it, I, I had quite a bit of um, carbohydrate gummies. You know, I, me personally, I did the Gatorade uh, squeezed gels. Um, each packet was, I think, 22 grams of carbs. And I did... Um, the, the Cliff uh, workout gummies, which each packet had, I think, six gummies and equaled about 30 grams of carbs. That's what allows you to burn and go. So I had that. I drunk, I, I can tell you now because I only have two left, and I ordered two 24-packs. That means I drunk, you know, 40-something um, body armors, you know. And, and I also made a commitment to myself in this challenge that I was going to dry run, meaning... I did not bring a water bottle. I did not bring any liquid during those four-mile runs. Now, I don't advise that, but, you know, I'm the type of person when I go after something, I want to I I do it to be the best version I can be. And if I could overcome that, man, that's another level. So I did not drink during this run. So coming back, it was, it was a lot of, lot of liquid, a lot of hydration planning. You know, I did a lot of hydrate 15. I, I mean, I chugged this stuff. I chugged my electrolytes. Um to keep myself from cramping and you know that in the grace of god i didn't start cramping until i think the ninth leg and i keep mind this thing is you know this is how i looked at it mentally right actually let me talk about the sleep before i go into the mentality sleep wise keep in mind you have four hours to run those four miles and then the remainder of your time you have to sleep and then most important you have to make sure that you wake up from that sleep at that next leg because if you oversleep a leg you've already lost so me, personally, you know, I don't sleep much in general. So that, that was, I would say, the least of my concerns. But in preparation for that, I wanted to make sure that I was not too comfortable. I wanted to make sure I didn't enter too, um, too high of a deep sleep. So I personally bought, you know, a military cot, you know, not, a mo not the most comfortable cot, one that you'd put out in the street or out in, you know, a campground. And I stuck a cot in my living room, um, one blanket, very intentional, Next to a huge, I went online on Amazon and bought a very large, the biggest freaking paper board I could find. And I wrote each leg, you know, Friday, 8 p.m., Saturday, 12 a.m., Saturday, 4 a.m., Saturday, 8 a.m., Saturday, noon, all the way throughout that 40-hour increments. And I set it right next to my cot. And the vision was, as I got tired you give yourself the ability to see your success. You give yourself the ability to see your progressions. And that gives you an extra boost of energy. And I believe that could be applied in a lot of things, and I'll dive into that after. 
But my mentality was this, and, and this is what I talked about with Travis, a good friend of mine. The bulk of the challenges for me personally, you know, with my mentality, I knew if I got outside, that leg was complete. You know, it's not in me to be in the middle of a, of a, of a leg and, and turn around. That's just, it's just not in my mentality. If I got outside, it was done. So the way I looked at it was screw the miles. I did not look at the miles. It's, it's astonishing right now to acknowledge that I ran 48 miles in a month, in a year. But what I looked at was I need to walk outside 12 times, period. There's 12 times I need to go outside my front door. That's all that mattered. So my focus was how many I have left? Where am I at? And that's why that, that paper whiteboard meant so much to me. Look, I pride myself in my mental strength. I pride myself in my ability to execute. I pride myself in getting things done. Um, at times, you know, when you're overwhelmed, some things will slip your precedence. And that's it's human nature. But we get better at executing. It's, it's, a, it's a trait and an art you have to work on. You're never going to be where you should be in your ability to execute, but you should always be on the journey to get better at it, right? So going after it, all I knew is I needed to walk out 12 times. You know, the first two or three um, were great. Very simple. I was actually surprised I did as well as I did. You know, ran. And my, my philosophy behind it was simple. I did not want to do laps. I know a lot of people who did laps. I didn't want to give myself the ability to even allow my mind to think it could escape this pain. So I ran two miles out, hit my turnaround point and ran two miles back, arriving at my four mile, you know, mark. And the first two or three were great. You know, I, I ran straight through there, didn't stop, stopped, you know, did a quick video, um, came back. Very, very, very simple. You know, again, the first one started at 8 p.m. So I would come back. And then I would, you know, kind of just hang tight until the 12 a.m. The 12 a.m. I would run. And then after that one, I would take a quick nap before the 4 a.m. Now, one of the most challenging things of this was, was aside from the pain, was literally waking up for the 4 a.m. leg. Especially, you know, this, this morning, uh, the second day. You know, um, Saturday, 4 a.m., you know, I woke up groggy and, and, one of the mistakes that I made, and for those of you guys who may want to try this challenge next year, you know, the first 4 a.m. and the first 8 a.m., I woke up too close to runtime. You know, I woke up, um, it's like 3.50, you know, got dressed, got out the door at, you know, 4.05. And I didn't give myself enough time to really kind of get the machine going, kind of get moving. And, you know, by the time I got out, I was still trying to wake up, man. It was a very tough time. But I learned and I adapted and I started to wake up, you know, 30 minutes before the runtime. And I would have, you know, a 15 minute kind of gather point and I would have a, you know, drink, you know, water or whatever and kind of get my gears together, start to kind of put things where they needed to be. And then I would go out and do it. About halfway through, um, the pain really starts to kick in. And I really thought the biggest challenge of this was going to be my lung capacity, the fact that I'm not conditioned to run this amount of miles. But that wasn't it. You know, I think I was in so much pain, probably four to six, that I just wasn't really worried about my lungs. My lungs were the least of my worries. Like, I was in genuine pain. My, my, at that point, my knees were starting to inflame. 
my legs are starting to get weak. You know, once I would stop running, your legs would start to kind of vibrate and you're almost, you're almost, it's tough to walk straight. You're kind of, you're kind of drunk walking. I think by legs seven, eight, nine, um, you're in so, and this is going to sound really weird. And I, and I watched Goggins interviews about how this challenge was when he initially did it. And I watched a lot of people and their advice on it while I was preparing for it. And I didn't understand it fully until it happened. You go through so much pain that you no longer feel pain. You, you are the pain, you know, that pain was me and I am that pain. And it went from my legs hurt to this is how my legs feel. What are you going to do? How are you going to respond? And when I started to first initially feel that, you know, you're running and you're starting to conjure up how this applies to your day-to-day life and adversity in general, you got to, you got to get to the mindset where it's just who you are. It's just what you do it's it's the cards you're dealt and now you've got to play with them and that's kind of where I was at mentally keep in mind I went into this with the notion of I'm not going to fail I'm not going to lose I'm not going to allow people to know that I started and didn't succeed that's just not going to be where I'm at um well we got some gusts of wind which is nice actually so for me a lot of lessons came from this and that's what I want to talk about you know I looked at this challenge as the greatest form of adversity that I thought I could go through. I'm not a runner. I'm not big on running. And I wanted to see if I had the ability to overcome that pain, overcome this challenge, and just get it done. No excuses. Operate. And um, the mental – you tune in to a place. And Goggins said it. He used a line where he said, when you get to a point – where your mind completely acknowledges we're not going to quit. There is no quit. No matter what, I'm not quitting. All of your energy subconsciously, not just your thought, but your subconscious energy goes from how do I get out of this to what do I need to do to finish this? And that feeling is incredible. The feeling of failure is no longer an option, which I know we've all heard. You've heard it before. It's very cliche. But when you actually accept that and process it, that failure is not an option, there is no plan B. There is no, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. It's now, okay, I need, to, I need to execute. I need to put my energy towards winning. I need to put my energy towards completing this. Everything changes. You know, the pain became something you embrace. You know, every step, you know, by leg 10, every single step was unbearable. It was unbearable pain, man. Um. But, you know, I was talking to Travis, and he had just run a marathon when we were talking about how I wanted to do this. And he was like, there's a certain point in that where you're like, look, I'm going through this pain. I need to finish so that I get a reward from it, so that it wasn't for nothing. And that's kind of where I was at. That's where my mental was at. Um, I got to finish so that this was for something, that, that I can take away these lessons and I can acknowledge, hey, I went through that and I got something out of it. So, you know, a lot of it to sum this, guys. You have adversity in your life. And I think to better equip you to handle the level of adversity you endure, you have to go after things that scare you. You have to do challenges. You have to do things that you're not good at on a day-to-day basis. 
You got to go out into the world and find things that you're afraid of and do them. And that expands your horizon of what you're capable of. What as a human being, you have the ability to accomplish. It shows you that a lot of the things that you think are end of the world scenarios, they're, they're really minuscule in, in your ability. But if you never put yourself out there, if you never, if you never put yourself in a place where you're absolutely confronted with the possibility that you may fail, and then secondly, adapt a mentality that you're not going to allow yourself to fail, what you're capable of is extremely surprising. You know, I ran 48 miles in 48 hours, man, that's cool. But what really did is I did something that I would have, I would have, you know, I hate to say this, but I would have bet I couldn't done this. And someone, a good friend of mine bet that I couldn't do it. And I did. And what I want everybody to be able to acknowledge in your life, in your journey, in your process, and whatever you're trying to accomplish, you have to go into it with the understanding that, one, it is going to be a lot harder than you think. It's not going to be easy. And if you want to do what you've never done, you have to be willing to endure what you have never endured. You have to be willing to go through a level of pain, a level of struggle, and a level of challenge that you have never been through in your entire life. That's got to be at the forefront of your mind. One of the things that I loved that I tapped into was a level of self-talk that I didn't know I was capable of. And again, I talk about my self-talk constantly. My self-talk is extremely aggressive. I, I'm an aggressive person. I am, have a high level of intensity. I'm very competitive. And some of the conversations I've had with some people who work in and around me, um, you know, sometimes I look back and I'm like, man, maybe I was hard on them. But that's just who I am as a person. And however bad or hard I may talk to someone, it's never as bad or hard as I talk to myself. By leg nine and ten, some of the things that I was saying to myself were off the charts, man. They were, they were, they were dark, but they were things that fueled me to be great. They were things that fueled me to continuously push myself well beyond my limits. You know, I did this challenge with a business partner of mine, and, and um, you know, he gave everything he got, but he, he did not succeed. And for me to be able to go back to him and say, you actually could have done this, and I think you should do it again next year, I got to be able to back that up. I got to be able to remind myself the question that I ask constantly. Are you who you say you are? Are you who you claim to be? Can you get the things done in alignment with how you proclaim you are? That was this, that's exactly what this was about. You know, the challenge was to run, but the challenge was really, can you do what you said you could do after people doubted you and after, to be very candid, a level of doubt creeped in on me? You know, I came into this thinking I was going to be in great shape. Far better, I mean, I'm not in bad shape, but I'm not in running shape. You know, the most amount of cardio I do is I play ball, and that's a different level of conditioning, right? Your, your intensity kicks in. This is what I used to tell myself. The reason I can run up and down a court for four hours is because I want to win. And it's so intense and the game is going and, and you don't have time to think about what pain you're in because you got to win and you got to score. You know, that's what I used to tell myself. And I'm like, man, running is not my thing. I can't really run that far because, you know, I'm not a runner. What I learned in the last 48 hours is it's, it's and it sounds cliche, but what I learned in the last 48 hours, your intensity to win has to be a, applicable in everything you do everything you do. 
even things that you don't like doing. I love playing ball. And because of that, I can play ball for, you know, again, four hours, five hours straight. Man, I can run up and down a court as, as much as you need. I mean, you know, invite me, I'll come hoop with you. But asking me to run for 90 minutes, you know, every four hours, man, you got me messed up. Can't do it. Sorry. Don't want to do it. I'm good. I learned if you apply that same competitiveness, but now that the competition was no longer a scoreboard and people against me and getting buckets, it was, can you complete this? When you're tired, can you keep going? I knew I was not going to be able to run the entire 48 miles without stopping. I'm not, I'm not of that level of conditioning. I've never run a marathon in my life. But when I stopped to walk for a second, that voice kicked on. It was like, go. You got to go. You got to get up. You have to make time. You have to run. You have to push. That self-talk became who I am for that 48 hours. It wasn't what I was saying. It was who I am. It was, this is what must be done. And all of the energy that most human beings, myself included, apply towards the questions of, can you do this? Is it possible? Is this too much? What happens if you fail? What happens if, if you quit? What are people going to say? What are people going to think? How are people going to think of me? Are they going to know I tried? Are they going to know I gave it my all? A lot of that happens subconsciously. It doesn't happen in your, in your initial thoughts. It happens in the thoughts buried underneath your thoughts. Again, when you get to a place where there is no failure, there is no, it's not an option all that energy, it, it gets reallocated because it's not, it, it's, there is no quitting. You know, Kobe talks about how he made mental contracts with himself and he signed those contracts. He talked about how he said throughout times, you're going to ask yourself, can I, should I, would I, but you sign that contract. I've never in my life, I will admit this now, I've been in fitness my whole life. I've never in my life had a stricter contract than I did in the last 48 hours. I've run and I've played ball and I've lifted weights and I'm like, man, I want this. I want this bad. But I've never got to a place where there was no such thing as failure because I've never proclaimed my workouts. I never said, hey, I'm going to work out for 90 minutes. And I'm going to burn X amount of calories. And if I don't, everyone can make fun of me. I've never done that. So for me to sign up for this challenge that I was, that I was doubtful of and a lot of people were doubtful of and most people would be doubtful of, there was a place where it was like, now there's an accord. That self-proclamation gave you an accord you must be held to. It's a level of accountability you are held to. And there is no critic on earth that is stricter than me. If I had quit or I had failed, and I believe you should listen to this in everything you do. If I had quit or I had failed, there have been a lot of people who had gotten the, the ability and the willpower to call me a failure and call me a quit that pain would not have been greater than what I would have had to tell myself. Because again, when I started this and the moment I stepped out on leg one, the question was this, and the question was written on my board. Are you who you say you are? And I was not willing to answer no. I was not willing to answer no. That, excuse me, that adaptation in this challenge Listen, I, you, you couldn't have paid me a great deal of money to go out and do another four miles. But if this challenge was a 4-4-52, I would have done it. I would have went out and ran another four miles. I promise you I would have. Because when it's all said and done, I got to be who I say I am. I got to be him. 
that guy that I proclaim to be, that guy that is in this journey, at this time, in this year, in this chapter of my book. So what I encourage everyone to look at, what I encourage everyone to kind of take from this, and I hope my lessons somehow transcribe into what you may be thinking or doing or enduring in your life, and this is with a great deal of dehydration and my thoughts aren't there and I ain't ate. But whatever you're battling in life, emotional, physical, mental, spiritual, ask yourself, who are you and who do you wish to become? Ask yourself, what version of you do you claim you are? And then secondly, ask yourself, is what I'm doing conducive to that person? And all that is to sum that question that I really, that I, that I labeled this challenge with. And I've said it a million times and I'll continue to say it because I, I did that, man. You know, I, I completed this like an hour ago, man. I'm, I'm gassed. I haven't even taken off my shoes. I'm pretty sure my ankle is sprained. My knees are, are jacked. My legs are jacked. I can barely stand up. I'm him. And. You can't take that from me right now, man. The person I claim to be, man, I I did that shit, man. Real talk. And I'm not a runner. If I'm capable of that, if I'm capable of physically doing that, you are capable of whatever your challenge is. If you adapt the cliche yet very accurate mentality, you are willing to die proving it and that sounds crazy but i'm telling you man i mean this i'm willing to die in that street I, I really am there was no failure there was no possibility of losing that passion can be applied everywhere and that's what i'm learning everywhere in your business and your life and your relationships and how you move and your 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 spiritual being everything man who are you? Who are you going to be when things get tough? Are you going to continuously prosper through the struggle and show yourself? Everyone else, they can be inspired by it, but they're not held to the accord. Can you tell yourself when it gets tough, I'm him? Because when it's e it's easy to be him when 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 it's easy, right? When everything's going right and everything's the way it's supposed to be, it's very simple to be that guy, that guy you want to be, or that gal you want to be, or that gal you proclaim yourself to be. But when it gets tough, when your head hits the canvas, and and you don't have the physical strength to get up, only one thing will get your head off that canvas. Only one thing will get you back up. Only one thing will put you back in that race or put you back in that fight. And that's heart. That's who you are. And I believe, I believe, if you pride yourself in your ability to execute, to sign mental contracts, to go, I'm going to do this, and there is no failure, there is no plan B, there is no other option. I'm willing to metaphorically or literally like me, die in this challenge man you unlock human capabilities i i did not know were possible i will humbly admit humbly admit when this was about to start man i was like i don't know if i can do this i hoped i was going to shed another 15 pounds i hoped i was going to be in a lot better aerobic shape 
I hoped I was going to be better prepared. But quite frankly, what I had right was the mentality. My mentality was spot on. My mentality was, I don't give a crap. I'm going to do it. And for the last 48 hours, I slept on a cot in the living room of my of my place. I slept for a maximum. I think the, the most I slept at one increment was two and a half hours. I got up at 4 a.m. I got up at 8 a.m. I got up at midnight. And I executed. I got it done. I expanded what I know I am capable of. And I mean this. And I mean this with the utmost respect, man. You can't tell me shit about what I can't do. Because this is now in my cookie jar, as Goggins says it. When anything in life gets tough for the rest of my life, for the rest of my life, I will be able to say, man, I did a 4-4-48 when I wasn't a runner. Man, you have no idea what I have endured on this planet. You know, I don't know what's next, but I know it better be tough. You know, I got a good buddy of mine named Brandon. He talking about trying to climb... I think he was talking about trying to climb Mount Everest. Sign me up, baby. I'm ready. I hope I hope through me trying to filter thoughts that I'm still going through. I hope that an hour detached from this, I hope that in the middle of a of a Gotham style windstorm, I hope that me sitting here and I can't feel my legs or toes and I'm 70% sure my ankle is sprained and my shoes are so tight that I don't even want to take them off. You guys feel me when I say this was not about running. The lessons are not about running. The message I'm trying to get to you has ain't got a darn thing to do with running. You are capable of so much more than you think you are. You can accomplish so much more than you think you can. And quite frankly, if you really go into any challenge, any endeavor, any opportunity, any experience with the mentality that there's no failing. People are always going to bet against you. No matter how great you are, someone is going to bet against you. Quite frankly, the greater you get, the more people will bet against you. Everyone wants to see a dynasty collapse. Everyone wants to see a great person fail. Everyone wants to see someone at the circus fall. It's just human nature. Accept that they're betting against you. Embrace that they're betting against you. Love that they're betting against you. And understand that only one person on this earth needs to bet for you. Only one person really needs to bet on you. You. Take that lesson and understand. And I mean, it's everything I'm, I've learned in the last 48 hours are things you've heard but I didn't know. They're cliches. Man, you can do anything. Anything, anything, anything. If you want it bad enough. And you sign the dang contract. Put your name on that paper that says, I will win. I will not fail. I will not back down. I will not quit. And I will become so committed to winning and succeeding that the pain I go through, the struggle, it's just who I am. About halfway through, I learned this. For the last 20 hours, I do not feel pain. I am pain. The pain, the pain is me. I am the pain. We are one. We are one. Every step, I, I was reminded, I, I am one with this pain. But it is not something I feel. It is who I am, and it is my circumstance. And now the question is, once you establish that, what do you do with it? I did what I had to do. And I would do it again. Don't ask me to, because I don't want to, but I would. 
I hope this gets off to you guys. This is a very short lesson and a very short episode, but these are the thoughts that went through my head. These are the things that I'm still processing as you and I are speaking now. You are capable of greatness. Greatness is within you. It is your job, mission, and responsibility to accomplish that greatness. Get it out. Get it into the world. Prove it to yourself. And then silence all of the doubters. Guys, I appreciate all you guys for following my journey. For those of you who saw me on social media, I got a lot of positive feedback. I got a lot of people saying, you got this. Keep going. Thank you so much. It, me it meant the world to me. It really did. And it helped me push through and, be and, and finish. I'm learning. We're all learning. And there's a lot I've learned from this challenge. Thank you so much, David Goggins, for, for initiating this. Thank you so much for replying to my comment when I signed up. I went on his, his page when he, when he challenged the world. And I said, I'm going to do this. And he personally replied and said, stay hard. I believe in you. Here we are, man. I did a 4448, man. And I'm fucking him. Thanks for watching, guys. Next episode of the Student Game Podcast is coming out. And it's an exciting one. Thanks so much.